Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 135. Stephen Brandon here uh, this week. No Jimmy. Jimmy's got some some things going on, so the two of us are going to carry this one. Original plan, Brandon, was to do like a season wrap, maybe kind of the stuff we did uh, on the website with the roundtable and have a chat, but I think we got to skip that because the Mercato is heating up and it's heating up fast. Yeah, uh, who would have who would have guessed Roma of all clubs is seems to be one of the teams that's uh, frequently on Fabrizio Romano's uh, Twitter <laughs> with uh, all the names that we've been linked to and, um, you know, the new arrival of Awar um, from Lyon, which is a huge signing given, um, you know, the, the, the talent that he has um, at his disposal and all the clubs that he's been linked to, whether now or in the past. Um, obviously, it's it's a player to, to keep an eye out for. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but yeah, it's exciting that, you know, Rome are taking care of their transfer business early, which I would have imagined is probably something that, uh, Mourinho and the Friedkins talked about when they met, um, as was reported recently. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. You have to think that was part of that conversation they had. You know, I guess I guess it was like a week ago or so, like right after the season right. ended, to, to just kind of hash things out with Mourinho. I think, you know, he gave all indications. Jimmy and I spoke about it last week that he would be staying and that, you know, despite the loss, I think he knows he's building something. I think he's really invested in the project. He loves man loves managing in Rome. But I also think he needed some term some kinds of financial or like personnel guarantees from the Freakins and Pinto. And you know, we've seen more and more players wait out their contracts and move on freeze lately. We, we've seen it. We saw it with Dybala last season, came in on the free. Matic, Matic a little bit older, maybe not as sought after in the transfer market at this point in his career. But Roma is starting to be one of those teams, you know, maybe three, four years ago, Roma almost never touched those free agents because only, only very few big players that maybe refused moves in the past would ever hit free agency. And now it's like, you've got guys left and right who are hitting free agency and Roma's in on quite a few of them. When you read these reports and they were in on at least three very seriously from what we read, right? Our was one uh, and Deke is the other, which we'll get to in a few minutes. And then the other was Thielman's from Leicester. And he ended up staying in the premier league uh, signed with going to sign with Villa, which makes sense. He was, you know, in, in the premier league for so long and decided to stick around, but seeing players like this linked with Roma, and we'll we'll talk about LR too at first, but just how much of an effect do you think Mourinho has on this whole thing? Because I, I mean, DiBala has to be a hundred percent on you know the manager makes a big difference. How much do you see it with players like LR and Indica and even Thielman strongly considering Romana free? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you know I, I want to give credit to to DePinto and Roma as a club, and um, there's certainly an attraction. Um, to playing in Rome and and what that means, um, but I I, I I can't lie, it's it's definitely Mourinho's the big draw um, with some of these players that we've been linked to. You'll, we see reports that Mourinho will be on the phone with I, th- I think it was T- uh, Mens himself uh, to try and convince him to join Roma. Ultimately, chose Villa um, as you sta- as you mentioned, but Mourinho's right there. Um, <laughs> lockstep with Pinto and recruiting some of these players. And um, 
he his stock has has risen uh since he's taken over Roma but uh the past few years kind of his his reputation has has been close to its lowest in terms of uh you know does he still have it and all that and yet still Roma are able to bring in a Dybala and Awar um you know potentially Indica as well so it's in large part due to, to Mourinho's uh, gravitas that he still has, and it's it's credit to, to Roma for being able to take advantage of it as well. Yeah, I agree. I think as, as much as people might have, as he arrived in Rome, said, oh, you know, he's going to Roma because he, his stock is down, and it, it, it very well may have. We don't know if he engaged any other clubs in discussions after the, the Spurs job went south. But clearly with players, there there is that gravitas that you mentioned, right? And I think getting Roma the Conference League trophy and then getting him to the Europa League final, even without Champions League football, Roma is still an attractive spot for many of these pretty highly rated free agents because of the Mourinho factor. And and players still want to play for him. I mean, he has the pull. He's still got those trophies to flash. He can say, I've made two finals in a row. We're going, you know, we're coming back to try to win that Europa League this season. I want to you know, I want to make a push in Serie A because Serie A could be wide open again with Spalletti leaving Napoli. You know, a lot of things can happen there. So I think he's he's saying the right things. You know, credit to Pinto too because he's he's the one right. that's got to you know engage these players initially and these other and these other clubs if they do you know pursue players through the transfer market um, in in that route. But there's definitely the Mourinho effect, and and one of the players that's arriving is not probably a player that would typically be linked with a Mourinho type team and Hassem Awar, the uh, Frenchman who is uh, actually not representing France anymore. He grew up in Lyon, right? Played for Lyon his whole career up to this point. He will be representing, I want to make sure I get it right. Algeria, Algeria, right? Yeah. So he's representing Algeria at the national stage. Now he's actually with their national team. Now Um, a player who is more of, I don't want to say soft, but like he's not that physical, tough player Mourinho looks for usually. Um, but, you know, Pellegrini had a little bit of that reputation. Some other guys had those reputations before Mourinho got here. And, and I think with the, you know, the, the, the certain tactics put in place, guys can show a different side of themselves. We, we've seen it. And, you know, he's a guy who we were linked with last summer, I think was looking for a move away last summer. And that hurt him this year in terms of his playing time. He only played 526 league minutes for Lyon, which is way down from the 2,500 he played last season when he was a six-goal, four-assist type player attacking midfielder. So, I mean, I know you were doing you were doing uh, some listening today to people who know a little bit more about French football. So what, what did you hear about Awar and what he might bring to the table for Roma? Yeah, I uh, was listening to the Gavin Jewell show, which is, you know, good stuff um, if you don't listen to them. But uh, Jules was saying that, uh, you know, Awar isn't, as you stated, not a typical Mourinho player and probably a player that Mourinho will have to, um, you know, coach up in terms of his off the ball work, but at the same time is a player that would combine well, potentially with Pellegrini and then whoever plays up top. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's a great signing for Roma, especially if Mourinho can help him recapture some of the form that he's shown previously, you think back to the um, Champions League tie against Manchester City, where he helped knock them out. You know, it was a one-off game, I believe, it was the year that they played. Um, so it's one of those anything that can happen things. But on that run, you know, he showed his skill set, and so 
as you said, not a lot of playing time this previous season, which could be a warning sign. But at the same time, once you fracture that relationship with your club, it's really hard to to recover from. Um, we're seeing all these reports about Mbappe's relationship with PSG for you know similar reasons as you stated. So it's 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 something that can be pretty acrimonious. Um, so yeah, I, it's it'll be it'll be on Mourinho um, to get him up to speed with what this team is about. As you said, Pellegrini is considerably uh, has considerably more of an edge to his game now as compared to when to before Mourinho's arrival. So you would anticipate a similar effect for Awar. So we'll see how it goes, but I think it's a great sign that this isn't a last minute uh, signing at the end of the transfer window. They'll have a full preseason um, with the group. And so we'll be ready to hit the ground running. Yeah. Agreed. And, you know, you talked about, he can combine with Pellegrini and whoever's playing striker. It kind of gives them that option, especially if they're playing two behind the striker, like they did a lot this season, you can have a three man rotation of Pellegrini, Awar and Dybala and rest Dybala more, rest Pellegrini more, still work in Solbach and or someone else in those spots or El Sharari. And it gives, it gives Mourinho so many more options. We saw the, the, the war of attrition that the season became for Roma, especially in those positions when Dybala went down and, you know, Dybala is the game breaker on the team, right? And if you can add another piece that maybe you could rest Dybala against the, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a club name out there, not to disrespect any clubs and say about the Salernitanas of the world or the, right. or the teams that are getting promoted next year, you can rest his legs and save him from some of these tough tackles that these lower to mid-table teams are going to put on him because he is Roma's star and they're going to knock him around a bit and and try to out-physical him. And, and we saw what happened against Adelanta. Now that's a match Dybala is always going to play. That Palomino tackle was, was pretty nasty and it, it really um, put Roma in a tough spot and put Marino in a tough spot. But with a player like Alar... Not you, it's not that you're not going to miss Dybala, but he will give you some of those kind of characteristics of being able to move the ball and do those things that Dybala does. And you lose a little bit less in the attack, I think. And, you know, I'm looking at his LR's numbers on FB Reference where they break down the players versus other attack attacking mids and wingers. And when you look at his – now this is a much smaller sample size, obviously, because it's going on the last calendar year. You know, his pass is attempted uh, over 63. That's in the 99th percentile for attacking mids and wingers. So he will move the ball a lot, completes 80% of his passes. His progressive passes was in the 94th percentile. And I think that's where he can really help is is moving the ball to whoever that striker is or helping spring those counterattacks and, and moving the ball forward to like a Spinazzolo if he's still here or, you know, Rick Karsdorp if he's tearing down the right, someone like that. And just being able to move the ball quicker for Roma, I think they're a little slow sometimes on the counterattack, which hurts when you play so defensive. Um, and hopefully just creating more chances for whoever that striker might be, whether it's, you know, we'll get to Skamaka's name is being brought up. We know obviously we're not going to have Tammy for probably nine months, which is almost the whole season. Um, but even some of his numbers in terms of tackles, two tackles a match for an attacking midfielder is in the 88th percentile. His interceptions are in the 99th. So it seems like he's got a little... Uh, defensive ability. He gets gets at least in the passing lanes and will we'll intercept some passes and block some shots, which, you know, I don't think Marino's going to bring in any player that he doesn't think can fit his style of play and is going to be too soft or not put in the work. I, I think he has to have had conversations, have to have seen things on tape. And, you know, he's not going to say, oh, this kid's talented, so let's bring him in because he's on a free. You know, it's still a numbers game for Roma and you're still paying the salary, those, those four or 5 million euros a year, whatever it ended up being. So I, I think in all, this is, 
and I know the Pellegrini detractors will say, oh, he's coming to bench Pellegrini. The Pellegrini defenders will say, no chance, right? There's that argument. But it's not about who's benching who, I think, here. I think it's just about creating depth and creating an actual rotation and, and some some guys that can eat minutes besides Dybal and Pellegrini. Yeah, I'm not going to say that my first thought when the signing was announced that now we have somebody that will put Pellegrini's on the bench. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, to, to answer your question, I think uh, it, it certainly is a depth signing. Um, and as you said, the the more uh, – sorry, I lost my train of thought. The more uh, chances we have to keep Zabala injury-free – the up more, you know, don't have to use them every single game, as you said. Um, we have to take advantage of that, and so our now provides us this opportunity. Um, and then should should Pellegrini or Dybala gets hurt, you have somebody that you could sensibly just slot right in and not have too much of a drop drop off in terms of uh, chance creation and the things that both of them, uh, both Dybala and Pellegrini, do well. Um, and the key, I think, as you said, was, or as you mentioned, is the progress, progressive passes. And um, I think, I think I agree that the um, their counterattacks just often felt very mechanical and cumbersome, and it, it just seemed like a slog to get to the other side side of the field. And so, if we have somebody that can play the ball quicker. I know we do have players that are capable of doing so in Pellegrini and Dybala, but oftentimes it really felt like it was Dybala in no man's land waiting for players to get up. Um, and so I think if you have our spring in that quick pass, that's, that's, that's everything in motion um, and everybody's gung-ho down the field, um, that'll be huge for Roma and hopefully we'll – help us improve our offensive production as we know that's kind of was their Achilles heel this season. So um, yeah, it's just a quality depth signing. Yeah, I agree. And I think anybody who thinks Pellegrini is getting benched by any signing is, is a little delusional at this point. Yeah, <laughs> Even the biggest haters have to realize he's the club captain and Mourinho loves him. Right. And, and he's grown into Mourinho's captain, just like the way Mancini's grown into that vice captain role. And, you know, some of these guys are, you know, everybody, occasionally deserves a match off if they're not playing well and Pellegrini had his rough stretch. But a lot of that, I think, is just comes down to fatigue and getting knocked around too much. Players like Pellegrini and Dybala take so many tough tackles. And having extra bodies like our like world football now, with the number of matches these guys play, they need matches off, whether it's against the, the Salernitanas of the world or even if you have three big matches in a row, maybe three big matches in a row somebody needs to come off the bench for the last 30 minutes rather than start just because it's, you know, you've had European midweek matches and things like that. So you need depth. We see that. Look at the depth that Man City had right on the way to the Premier League and to the to the Champions League and winning the FA Cup. They're, they're just stacked with depth. Their second team can compete with most teams' first teams, right? And we saw it. We see it even with Inter, right? Why was Inter able to then pick it up and Serie A late in the season when we thought – we, I remember talking, and I was one of the ones that said it, like, wow, like, look at Inter's schedule these last two months. Like, it is stacked. I don't see how they're going to hang around. Well, they have more depth than some of these other Italian teams. They were able to push into the top four and, and finish pretty comfortably top four in the Champions League and make it to a Champions League final and and not for nothing, hang with City for a while, right? Um, depth is key. And Roma doesn't have the money to buy all the depth they need at times, but 
I think with Mourinho and now so many players reaching that free agency point, they've made some smart signings where they're starting to build that depth for Mourinho. And, and hopefully that'll turn into a little more of a situation where Mourinho can compete in the league and in Europe, in the Europa League again. And this time, maybe not have to make that decision the last six weeks of the season to say, you know what, our best shots through the Europa League and, and not push for top four anymore. Because that's essentially what happened this season. Yeah, exactly. And I think from Mourinho's perspective, he didn't even need to say anything to the Friedkins. Uh, the, the, you know, the proof was there for them to see and that, you know, with all the injuries um, that Roma had to overcome, Mourinho definitely, you know, you could argue definitely did the most that he was ever going to do with this group um, given the depth issues. And so I think that's kind of spurred um, the club to act a little bit quicker than they normally would. We've been linked with um, both Alar and Indica for a few months now. Um, so, you know, we don't, we don't know when exactly negotiations started, concluded all that good stuff, but that does give us a sense that, Pinto was keen on working quickly, getting these deals done. Um, and as the old adage goes, you know, you want two for every position. So I think, you know, some some people may worry, okay, my favorite player is going to get replaced now with this incoming signing. But when you want your team to get to that next level, um, you know, you're going to have to to accept that. And it's 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 good for the players. It pushes them to get better. Um, I, I read an article recently on city, how there are maybe four or five players that were kind of tired of not playing all the time and, you know, uh, Pep's methods and all that, but knowing that it was the best place for them to grow, you know, they're, they're sucking it up and continuing to stick with it. And who knows what happens this summer, not that they've won everything, but I think that goes to show that, um, you know, players do kind of want that competition. They do want to improve. Um, and I think when you have a team with the chemistry like Roma's, you know, that, you know, it all just uh, fosters each other. Um, so I think, I think, you know, if they can get a few more signings, then I know Tammy's injury puts a big wrench in that plan in terms of filling out the roster now that you have to focus on a striker, but if you can get Skamaka on loan for cheap and um, you know, he's able to fill that void, maybe you can continue to fill out the depth. And um, as you mentioned earlier, can, can push in both the league and in Europe as inter shown as possible if you have the right depth. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're right. It does work twofold besides giving guys rest it pushes players to, to play better, right? We all have our favorites. Pellegrini is one of my favorites, and obviously I don't want to see him lose playing time, but then you have to remind yourself, these guys are playing a lot of matches. If he has to play only 30 in the league, so he's fresher for a deep run in the Europa League and pushing for top four because we have other players that can handle those those matches against less of the big clubs, then, you know, so be it. Let Mancini be the captain for a match and let Pellegrini rest, and if we need him off the bench, we take him off the bench, but we could rest Ibala, leave him on the bench if we can, right? And we saw that, how it it really can have an impact on these players late. And I think it's a great point. And on that point, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get into Roma's second big signing of the summer. All right, so the second one, Brandon, is not officially announced yet, but he was in Rome today. We're recording on Tuesday evening. Evan Indica, the center back from Eintracht Frankfurt, one of the highest rated free agents on the market. I think he was, if you looked before some of these guys started to come off the board in, in the top 20, 
um, some of these websites had. I think he was like fifth or sixth on, on a lot of these ones I, I had. Obviously, you know, Messi's in there and, and Turum and Skriniar. And I forget, there was one or two other guys that might have been ranked ahead of him. I know they've been updated now and some guys have been taken off. So he's up to like third, um, technically still on the market. But this is going to be a big signing for him. This is a guy who was linked with a lot of Premier League clubs. Big clubs were, were linked. I think he was linked with Barcelona at some points this spring when he was approaching free agency. And I guess when you're looking at a young defender, 23 years old, um, another player coming from France, played for the France youth national team. But uh, I believe I read he's going to be playing for the Ivory Coast now as his senior side. He's going back to his, uh, his roots there to, to get those national team call-ups. You're looking at a guy who played at a team at the Champions League this year and could have gone to other teams that have Champions League, you know, aspirations or are actually qualified for next season. And he chose Roma. Um, and as a defender, center back, you think this also has kind of that Mourinho effect to it. Yeah, I was going to say this one has Mourinho's hands all over it, which makes sense because this is a player that Roma had been linked with for a while. Um, I think many assumed that it wasn't really a realistic uh proposition given the other teams that uh indique has been linked with but um and it, it's funny because if if roma are actually able to sign him and it's 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 official and whatnot um it's kind of the inverse of the roma experience where you have a promising young center back coming in uh to the team rather than leaving on big money and we're getting him for free which is um you know air quotes on free uh, but that's um, that's shrewd business on Roma's part. So it's an exciting signing. Fingers crossed that it goes through. Yeah, that's one of those things. Like we've signed plenty of promising young center backs in the past, but never anybody with this name recognition with other big clubs after him, right? Usually we, we find them in South America or elsewhere, and then someone else comes along and picks them up after Roma, um, and then they become really big. And th- this is the one where he, this guy's established already. I mean, how long have we been talking about Roma need a left-footed center back, right? Basically since Kassan yeah, uh, right. went down, right? Have they had one since since Kassan? I don't even know if anybody's been left-footed primarily. Um, uh, Kolarov, but, you know, when and, he played and, center and back. And that was like forced, right? That was like a forced yeah, back yeah. three situation. So <laughs> yeah. this is a guy who is a left-footed center back. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about what that might mean a little bit later uh, in terms of personnel-wise. But he's also a guy who has played at left fullback in, in a back four. So if Mourinho does have times when he wants to go back four, he can play left fullback and maybe play that more auxiliary center back fullback role. Would I could see with Smalling and Mancini playing the more central roles. So he offers that flexibility also because we saw with the fullback, and he's not being signed to be a fullback, but the, the flexibility is there, is that if you are in that position where, you know, maybe Spinazzola is hurt and you don't want to go with Zalewski at left wing back because maybe you're playing a good right back who can really tear down that wing or a right winger. You can play back four and play Indica there and, and he can defend and, and he can get down that wing. He's from what I've read, he's got good pace. I can't, I will admit I haven't seen him play much, but one of the scouting reports I, I pulled up from one football naturally left footed can play both center half and fullback similar to his countryman Konate. He's quick on his feet and strong in the tackle. Uh, well, it's not strong in the air. His time at fullback could be the reason for his ability to make progressive passes and all these qualities be valuable and this was written from a Liverpool perspective to Liverpool while he's coming to Roma um, I think those same qualities could be valuable to Roma as well yeah absolutely and um, you know going back to the dual position aspect of his game I think uh, 
it's it's I wouldn't say it's a trend because it's a very small sample size, but we've seen with um, Real Real Madrid with David Alaba or Antonio Rudiger kind of alternating um, left back, center back when needed. City, uh, how they play, not really having a true left back since Cancelo left. So you got Akanji or Ake there. Um, and obviously both of those teams have had, you know, a good bit of success lately. It's obviously not down to, to just those uh, players and their ability to play in those roles. Um, and given the wealth of talent that they both have, but it goes to show the value in having a player that can play both. And then when you uh, have a team with the injury history, like Roma's, you can probably guarantee that um, he's going to need to play in the left back position at some point. Um, so again, great piece of business in identifying a player that's able to fill multiple roles, given that, you know, you don't have city or Madrid's budget and you can't just fill out the roster as needed. Yeah. This is one of those ones that a couple months ago when he was heavily linked, you're kind of like, you see the other names swirling around and I don't remember which premier league clubs he was linked with off the top of my head, but I do remember seeing Barcelona and anytime you're kind of in that same sentence with teams like that, and you're trying to convince someone out of free who has those options in front of them where, you know, clubs are look like they're ready to offer him a deal. You're like, well, how's Roma going to beat out these clubs? And I, like, like I said, I'm sure Mourinho has a big effect on that. And, and a player like Indica is, is looking like a real coup and, and we'll see how he performs in Serie A, but he's coming from a big German side. He's got champions league experience, 23 years old. He seems like he has all the tools and, and really should only continue to improve. Like center backs at 23 aren't really complete products yet. We've seen that through the years and, and it takes time for them to really, you know, smooth out their game sometimes and and we've seen it with Ibanez and the mistakes he makes sometimes and how frustrating it can be um you know this is this is looking like a really good signing for Roma and depending on what happens with Ibanez because I guess since we're on Indica we could talk Ibanez too uh he's rumored to be the guy that probably gets moved to help Roma hit that 30 million euro point where they have to hit by the end of June I've I've seen links to Spurs don't know if they're going to get all the way to 30 with just him. We'll talk about one of the other players later that's, that's been linked with a move away to that might help Roma get to 30. But, you know, as soon as Indica was signed or really close to signing, you're like, this probably means the end of Ibanez because now with Tammy down, he has the most market value of the guys that Roma's probably willing to give up. Um, but I also think Indica might just slot in better. He is the left-footed player on the left side of the, of the back three, you know, I know I personally am starting to get a little tired, even with Ibanez's high upside. We've talked about it so many times on the podcast. How many times have we come on here after a big match? Like, oh, Ibanez with a, a, a kind of a brain fart that cost Roma a goal and then cost him three points or two points in the standings. And I think this makes Ibanez the sacrificial lamb. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, he, he's definitely a promising player and has, you can see the talent, um, but with the mistakes with Roma's need to raise money um, to fulfill their FFP obligations um, kind of is the only one that you're willing to part with. Um, now that Tammy's down, I think other, you know, like a Zalewski, for example, you're not going to want to lose him. Um, and Abanez has kind of always been pegged as a player that was, you know, destined for for uh, brighter and bigger things. Um, 
So yeah, it's. I think, and I think, for from Abanya's perspective, he might be keen on getting a fresh start. You know, he with all the mistakes that he's had this season, it can't have been easy for him. Um, and so I think this might be the perfect time for both parties to have a clean break. Roma gets their thirty million that they need. Abanya's gets his new team, whether that's in the Premier League with Spurs, as you mentioned, or somewhere else. We'll see. But um, yeah, I think ultimately it's probably just a move that suits both parties. Yeah. And I think for all of Ibanez's upside and, you know, he is a fighter, you know, you, you have to love the way he put himself out there in the Europa League final. He, he nearly cost us a penalty there too. Right. And, and really got away right. with one. I, I was shocked. They took back. I, I, I really was shocked that that uh, penalty called against him. Did, did oh my, yeah. Him, yeah, exactly. Right? Like, I, I was shocked. Yeah, I was watching the game with my friend who's not a – he's a Chelsea fan, but Roma's his second team, and he's slowly shifting towards Roma. But uh, I was watching the game with him, and he hasn't watched any Roma games this season. So he was just like, who is this guy that is seemingly <laughs> costing you guys at every yeah. every turn? And it was Abanez. And so, um, you know, even even to the neutral, you can see that he has the mistake in him. Um, yeah. Yeah, and when I, I pulled up a player comparison, I have to be referenced as kind of compare Indica's numbers, Ibanez. It's never apples to apples because of systems and leagues and things like that. But, you know, the thing that when you look at the defending, what is, you know, errors is one of the categories. Ibanez was credited with two errors leading to goals this year. Indica, none, all right, or things like that. Um, but most, a lot of their other numbers are fairly similar, like progressive passing and, and defending numbers are fairly similar. So if you can get a player that is left-footed, I think, which helps on the left side of the defense. You know, I think it's a little tougher, but can still move the ball in the sense that Ibani has moved the ball up the pitch a little bit with the ball at his feet, passing the ball. I, I think this could, and I'm not going to say for sure, because, you know, it, we'll see when he changes leagues and all that, but this could turn into uh, an upgrade for him, I think, in some sense, especially if he's not as mistake-prone as Ibanez is. And, you know, Ibanez has given Roma a couple good seasons, but those mistakes just always jump to the forefront. You know, my buddy who... Watches a lot of Serie A, watches a lot of soccer. He is he is a Lazio fan, but, you know, he calls a spade a spade. And, and he's like, dude, like, I, I thought you told me Ibanez was, was getting better this year. Every time I watch Roma, he's making a big mistake, like, in these European matches and in the Derby yeah. and, and, and all these things. And it's like, it becomes hard to defend him sometimes. Yeah, especially especially juxtaposed with Mancini's growth and cutting mm-hmm. out errors in his game um, makes Ibanez's errors all the more stark. So... Yeah, I think. And then with Indica coming in, um, as we discussed already, it's a player with a ton of potential and room to grow. So if he's, you know, he's going to improve right from the off. Um, and then if he is cleaner in his game than Abanez, that's that's an upgrade right off the bat. Um, it, you know, it'll remain to be seen how the rest of Abanez's career pans out post-Roma, but and the heights that he gets too. But I think in terms of an immediate replacement, you can't really uh, do worse too much. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that's going to hurt Roma, obviously is the, the June 30th kind of deadline. If they do sell him to, to raise funds, if he is the the main guy that gets sold to raise funds, I'm sure Spurs get a little bit of a discount that than they would have if Roma had till like July or August to sell him if they had a full Mercato. But you know, Roma, I think I read paid nine million for him when they, they bought him from Adelanza. So if, if they find a way to get twenty five thirty out of him, it's a pretty good plus for Lenza. It, it satisfies the financial fair play with maybe one other small sale, um, and then Roma can really 
do what they need to do on the Mercado. Obviously, they're not going to have a ton of funds to spend on other targets, which is why these two free agents really are, are big for them. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. You, you fill two big needs without spending a lot of money. And, and I think that's big. Um, they're still going to need another center back if Ibanez goes, because really you have your three starters. Kambuli, you don't know when he's going to be back from that injury. He's another guy who might have been sold this summer for to raise some funds and, you know, obviously can't be. He's also out with the ACL tear. tear. I wouldn't be surprised if Lorente's back on a much cheaper deal than the original option, which was like 18 million euros or something. I, I think with Leeds being relegated, I think he might be a good option if they get him for under 10, maybe to fill out that back line and then have a fifth, you know, cheaper option if they continue to play a back three. If you're only playing a back four, you could probably get away with four center backs and then like an auxiliary type player that can step in occasionally. Um but I, I think Lorente could be one to keep an eye on later in the summer, maybe at a cut rate. I would be surprised if he didn't come back, um, given how highly Mourinho rated him. As has been has been reported, um, and I know Pinto has has been reportedly working on, as you said, lowering that eighteen million dollar figure with Leeds. Um, but I I, pro- I would I was expecting him to come back. Um, and I would be surprised if he didn't. And I think I know he's out injured, but I wouldn't be surprised if Pinto is looking for um, a place for, to send Kambula as well. Um, you know, it, it will be difficult given the injury, but I think that regardless of who else comes in, um, Kambula is probably always going to be a target to, to be sold just because um, he hasn't played even when he was sorry, even when he was healthy, he wasn't playing. So I think that was kind of a, you know, a lost cause uh, at the stage of the Kambula project, but um, you know, more than likely he will be here and then he'll have the opportunity to, to bounce back once he recovers from injury. Yeah, I agreed. And the thing that hurts with Kambula trying to move him, we won't linger on, on him too long is, just that they paid so much more for him than Ibanya. So like yeah. you got to cover whatever's left on that, that big transfer, which was like the it value was, was close million. to 30. It was like over 20 million. Right. And then yeah. they threw in some young players, Conchilieri and somebody else to um, um, for her, uh, the center back, the, the Turkish center back um, Satine. Uh, but yeah. I don't know how much it offset. I don't know what he's on the books for, but that's true. I, and the injury hurts like Tammy and Kambula, two of the guys you were probably looking to move both get injured. Right. And it, it seemed with Roma's financial constraints, it, it's gotta be so frustrating for Pinto to try to like navigate those things. So we'll, we'll yeah. see what he does the, the rest of the Mercato in terms of center backs, but that that's, it's such like a, a tough move for him. And with Abraham, it's like the last play of the game literally like he was 10 minutes away from the end of the season oh my yeah so it just (laughs) so like so so tough potential sale aside just for him it's just just for him yeah because you know i he had a rough season nothing against him personally you never want to see anybody get hurt obviously but like he he's a he's a guy who who's very likable right and then you see that happen to him as he's like hustling after a ball and you're just like oh like you're gutted for him um, right and financial impact aside, because even if Roma's going to keep him, like he's our starting striker if they decide to keep him. Yep, and um, I think I don't know. I feel like sometimes people have a love hate relationship with Tammy, but for me, I, I really enjoyed his his two years here. I know the goals weren't really there, um, 
but for me, he was always a player destined to return to the Premier League. So if that, you know, had he not got injured and then that move materialized in the summer, I wouldn't be particularly upset about it. You know, thank you for your time here. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, people may disagree, but I thought he, he, he showed that he bled for the shirt. Uh, you know, maybe wasn't always productive on the pitch, but um, always gave it his all. So, yeah, it, it's, it's just for him, just heartbreaking. Yeah. So speaking of strikers, we'll take one more quick break and then we're going to get into another striker that's been uh, linked with Roma to replace Tammy. All right. So this is a name brand in that we've seen linked with Roma in the past for various reasons. Uh, started in the Roma Academy, left young. I think he was 15 when he left to go to, to PSV Eindhoven because they could offer a professional contract at a point when Italian teams had to wait till I think it was at least 17 um, to, to sign a player to a technically professional contract, even if they were playing in the, you know, the Primavera side. Gianluca Scamacca left, kind of felt at the time like, you know, it was made a big deal. Like, oh, this is a kid there that's getting away who could be really good. And then he went to Eindhoven, didn't do much. You know, went um, on loan to a couple places, ended up being sold to Sassuolo. And then it's two seasons ago on loan at Genoa is when he first really started making his impact in Serie A. Uh, he scored, let's see, on that season, eight goals, two assists, and just over 1,300 minutes, 13 starts. So it, there were kind of numbers that jumped out. Previous season was at Oscoli and Serie B. So he kind of became that forgotten man. And then all of a sudden burst back onto the radar as a 21-year-old on loan from Sassuolo. And then that's you know, when Roma was looking for the Jekyll replacement, I was like, ah, like people started talking, especially myself. I was like, wow, if we could bring him back, like this could be a guy who could really be built around for the future. He, when you see the goals he scores, he's athletic, you know, he's tall, got that long build and, and it really can score some goals from outside the box. He's an impressive player when he's on his game. Um, ended up just going back to base with Sassuolo. Roma got Abraham and, you know, kind of, okay, we've got our striker. He scored 20 some odd goals and we're good. Um, and Skamaka ended up scoring 16 goals at Sassuolo in 25 starts, just over 2,000 minutes, and that earned him a move to West Ham, 36 million euros this summer. Things didn't go so swimmingly for him at West Ham, just three Premier League goals. I know he scored, I think, another five in their Conference League run, um, especially mostly early on. I think it was in the group stage and the qualifying round, and had a meniscus injury who that he's recovering from, should be back to, to full like training level you know, fitness next week or so. And now he's apparently available. And, you know, a couple days ago, it was a suggestion that Roma could look to him on loan. And it was kind of one of those things like, well, he's always going to be linked if he's out there because he's a Roman. But now it seems like that's gaining momentum with DeMarte reporting on the fact yesterday that I, I put up on our site that he has agreed to move to Rome, uh, that he gave it the okay. He, he's made Roma his priority. And now it looks like DeMarte's update tonight is that Pinto is actually going to travel to London tomorrow, uh, home of West Ham, to try to make things happen with uh, Skamaka on a loan with a, probably a Roma's going to look for an option to buy. West Ham's probably going to look for the obligation to buy to probably cut their losses after the, the one season. Um, to me, this is an exciting move. If, if you can go out and replace Tammy with a player like this with a high ceiling still, um, that's going to be hungry. And at, that we've seen can score goals and say, yeah, I think this is a, a very intriguing move if it happens. Yeah, I agree. And I think as a young player, you still wonder, you know, is he going to be able to fill Tammy's shoes as the out and out starting striker? 
But the benefit of having Belotti on this squad is that if, you know, Skamaka doesn't necessarily have to hit the ground running um, or if he's struggling up from the start, you know, you can throw Belotti in for a spell and he didn't have a great season, but former Torino captain. So, so knows how the, how to lead the line. Um, but as you said, with, with the potential um, that's there with Skamaka, it's, it's definitely a exciting move if it goes through. Um, and then you don't have to worry all summer about who will be replacing Tammy. You don't have to shell out big money at the end of the window because you haven't found anybody yet and you just need somebody. Um, and if a better oppor- if you know, if an opportunity pop- comes along that you can't miss, that's a, that's an upgrade on Skamaka and you have to do it. Well then great. Now you have uh, a little bit more depth um, and you don't necessarily have to rely on Bellotti all the time uh, when you're starting strikers and scoring, but you know, th- that all remains to be seen. But I think just the fact that, again, getting another good b- piece of business out of the way early, credit to Pito. Yeah, if he's able to get this done, if if this happens in, in the next week or so, and it, with a loan, they don't have to worry about that affecting their FFP because it's not going to be a transfer fee involved, just like with these free agents. Um, they can kind of worry about that transfer fee next season when hopefully financially they're better. Hopefully they're in, they got some Champions League money coming in or whatnot. Um this is a player, like I said, with a high ceiling. Like I'm looking at some of his numbers here on FB Reference, and you know we've seen Tammy and Roma strikers the past couple of years. The XG is a lot higher than the actual goal scored. Looking back at his Sassuolo season, he scored 16 goals. His XG was only 11, which means he's scoring some some nice goals, some difficult goals because the XG on those goals will be a lot lower. So when you're scoring them, your your you know your actual goals is going to be higher than your XG. So he's a guy who can score from outside the box. He can score athletic goals. Um, he's tall, he can score with his head. And, and I think being around a team full of veterans, like you said, a Belotti to kind of guide him and, and, you know, lead him to improve his game even more. There's, there's no, to me, there's no shame in going to the premier league. It doesn't work out. You come back to Serie A, And if you can do well in Serie A, it doesn't mean you're any less of a player just because you can't cut in the premier league. Some, some players just fit better in their own country or their own league for whatever reason, either culturally or, you know, just because the style of play fits him better. And if, if he can come to Roma and score 15 goals, then, you know, I think the the naysayers start to back off and, and his national team future is also secured again too. Because I think for a player like that who has worked his way into the national team and is now seeing like Rategi come in and some other guys come in who are going to get opportunities while he's out injured, he's got he's to bounce back too if he wants to keep representing Italy and, and be eventually Italy's starting striker because – when he was on the under 21 and I saw him at the, I think it was the Euros a couple of years ago. You're like, wow, this is a kid who can really lead the line for Italy. Like maybe he can finally solve Italy's striker issues too. So Roman's going to get a hungry player if, if he comes along. And if, if Pinto can make this happen, you know, kudos to him because this is him being very decisive to replace Tammy. I thought the striker situation would be one of those dragged out situations where, you know, we've seen the Cardi link to Cardi watch champions league football. No surprise there. Um, then there was a lot of Morata links. Morata's the priority. I'm like, oh god, not not Morata. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what? Like, please, no. Like, I'd rather get yeah, Zola or one of these guys, right? Like, um, and I, I really thought in the end it was going to end up being because of Roma's financial situation. Maybe they'll get Inzola now that Spezia is, you know, relegated. Maybe they'll go after. I've seen Dia linked from Salernitana, or maybe they just try to ride with Belotti, Solbach, and then Shimordov when he comes back from loan, and and maybe they have to make it work that way because of finances. So if they can bring in a player of 
Skamaka's profile, even if it ends up being a dry loan because they can't agree on a, a, a formula for next year and they have to worry about it next summer, it, it's, a, it's a big move for Pinto and for Roma. Whether you're a huge Skamaka fan or not, I think you have to you know, applaud Pinto for the decisiveness so far in the Mercato. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would get, I would expect that it's, it would end up being, um, if not a dry loan based uh, obligation based on appearances or Roma's ability to qualify yeah. for the Champions League, something like that. Some kind of but, clause. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, uh, but I, I think those are, those are goals that if Roma are able to achieve them, um, Skimaka will have played a large part in that. So I think I would be fine with that. Um, with including that depends on obviously it depends on the final price of, of the obligation but um, as you mentioned it's a West Ham side that are probably looking to cut their losses um, so we'll see how it goes but going back to Pinto um, yet another example of his ability to to act quickly you know he brought in Abraham when Jekko suddenly departed um, and so um, you know, just just shows of his ability and what he does best. Um, when we we give a lot of credit to Mourinho for being the one to to influence these players to um, finally sign for Roma, but Pinto does an incredible job of getting them, uh, you know, ninety percent of the way there. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, whatever effect Mourinho has on on players wanting to come, Pinto still got to make it happen financially and and otherwise. So. We do have to give him credit because I know he gets uh, he gets a little flack sometimes and and whatnot. But the the, the there's another tie-in with this whole Skamaka thing because uh, him and Davide Fratesi are good friends. There's there's some talk that the two of them are in Italy camp and they're looking forward to a potential reunion in the capital. Um, Fratesi was part of a, I don't know if it was just an interview or press conference today with the national team and he was asked some questions about his future um, because he has drawn the interest of. Many Serie A teams. I've, I've seen Inter linked. I've seen Lazio linked. Obviously, Roma. I think Juve was also linked. Um, Brighton linked, probably mostly because of his ex-manager. Deserbi over there could could be a good fit there. Um, so these are some of what he had to say because he has been a Roma's radar for over a year now. The former Primavera product who was sent over um, as part of, I believe, the Defrel deal um, as one of those make weights. And uh, he said, it's always a pleasure to be involved in these rumors, he admitted. It means I've, that I've done things right. I must continue like this with this commitment. Says, well, Director Carnavali will do the rest. I told my agent to tell me nothing and only call if there are important things. Um, you know, it says here in the report that Inter, Roma, Juve, Milan are, are also keen on him. Um, and he says, I have an important choice to make. Surely we also depend on the system. A team that plays nice football with three midfielders with the Mezzala would be different from a team playing with two central midfielders, he admitted. Um, and then he started talking about, like, Barella and, you know, things like that. There, He was asked questions about... Um, now, I, I did see that last part of the, the comment about, you know, surely depends on the system a team that plays nice football with, you know, was kind of cut down in some of the tweets I saw. And it was like a team playing with nice football with three midfielders is different. Um, and I was like, uh-oh, like I sent in the group text, like yeah. if he's looking for a nice football, like I don't know if we fit the bill. But, you know, we don't know if Mourinho wants to keep sticking with this three, four, two, one, right. That's not, that's never been his bread and butter before. If he has different players available, maybe he does make that switch. You know, Pellegrini also started as a Metzala at um, Sassuolo. So it, it, there are options there. If Mourinho wants to kind of adjust what he does. Um, I know he's traditionally been a four, two, three, one type manager, but I don't think 
Fratezzi was saying there, like if a team plays with two midfielders, they're ruled out. I think it's just something he has to think about in terms of what his role will be in that team. Yeah, and as uh, you know, a young player uh, looking to make the next leap, your your next move is going to be such a huge, huge decision. Um, so it, you know, his comments are fair, and it's it's going to be a decision making progress. But I don't think that rules out Roma um, entirely, um, just based on the type of football that are being played. As you said, uh, Skamaka, a good friend of his. Um, and you know Roman himself, um, and you know you got you got Pellegrini um, and Bove as well. So it's it's really bring on the Romans, right? Um, yeah. As uh, in contrast to um, a few years ago, where I think it was Totti that said they were trying to push the Romans out of the club. Now we're mm-hmm. bringing everybody in. So um, yeah, I think Roma is probably very much in the race. Um, as we know, we've been linked to him for for what the better part of a year now, at least. So, I think the interest is real on both sides. But it'll it could be one of those situations where you know Sassuolo is pushing him to accept the Brighton deal because they're offering more money, type of thing. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, and actually, um, he he continued uh, a little bit later. Um... He says, I've always gone step by step in my career, starting from Serie C at last. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, at least in my head, I need another move to a Serie A club before going abroad. I am convinced I'll get there sooner or later, but I have to be ready. So um, that could play oh, in Roma's favor because if that eliminates Brighton, it eliminates the Premier League money and the extra money that Brighton could push in that maybe some of these Italian teams can't. Um, if he doesn't come to Roma, that might work against Roma because they do have the 30% sell on fee. So if he do- goes to Brighton for you know, 40 million euros rather than 30 to an inter that would, you know, cost Roma a couple million euros. But I think it plays in their favor if they are serious about pursuing him and, and actually purchasing him and bringing him back to Rome. Um, you, you did mention the Romans coming back and even Zalewski in a, in a sense is Roman, even though he's of Polish ancestry, he is uh, Roman born and bred in that sense too. So they're really, if they do bring back Fratesi and, and Skamaka and and the Romans and, and the, the, the youth system products really, um, it shows that they're they're even though if they did grow away from the club, they're they're serious about some of the players they've had in their system. And and you know, Roma fans always love the Romans in the club. Um, it's it's that romanticism that revolves around the club. Not many teams have that ability to have so many homegrown type players. And I think it'd be a pretty cool thing. Um, I know some people worry about Bove if they bring in Fratesi, like is Bove like a poor man's Fratesi? Again, I think if you're looking at the midfield, right and if you're not really counting Awar and Pellegrini because they're more of the, you know, attacking mid, trecortista type players in the current system, and you're just looking at the central mid, well, you have Cristante, you have Matic, you have Bove, and then after that, you really don't have anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, unless I'm forgetting someone, um, Kamara's not going to be back, you know, Tahirovic no is still Wijnaldum. very unpolished. No Wijnaldum? Yeah, Obviously. no Wijnaldum, too. That's the other guy. Yeah, yeah. he's gone, so... I know they were linked with Renato Sanchez today, but that was, you know, the no, first time I'm hearing of it since last summer. I want no more of PSG's injured, formerly injured midfielders after Pastore, Wijnaldum. I, I'm good on Renato Sanchez. I think they actually owe us a right of first refusal with Mbappe, uh, <laughs> given the players that they saddled us with. And they took Marquinhos as well. So 
Yeah, you know, we should we should we should be getting that for that initial phone call um, before Madrid just blows us away. But um, yeah, I think with you know the lack of depth now. I mean, the the midfield depth was always an issue. Now it's even more so with with these loanees departing. Um, so I wouldn't be particularly worried. And then again, we're a team trying to juggle three competitions everybody's going to play um, now, you know, Europa league final Mourinho has to decide he's probably going to, he probably would go with Fratesi over Bove. You would think, you know, at least at this point in time and for the Bove fans, that'll be sad. But apart from that, it, you know, it's all hands on deck. It's going to have to be. Um, and with, you know, when the inevitable injury crisis hits, uh, everybody's going to get their fair share of time. Yeah, for sure. Like, if, if Bove is the fourth midfielder, I wouldn't be worried about him not getting playing time, considering he's just grown into the role with the club. I, I don't think he'd be stunted in any way being a fourth midfielder in a rotation when you're playing on three fronts. And I think he would get plenty of opportunities because he started to earn Mourinho's trust. And and having Fratesi and Bove and and these guys can only bode well for the future if, if you have player, young, up-and-coming midfielders like that. And at this point, Fratesi a little more polished than Bove, a little bit older. Um, Bove's got a, a big, big opportunity at the U21 Euros this coming summer and just a, a, a week or so when that kicks off. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see what he can do for Italy too, because, you know, his star has kind of grown a bit. Um, and I, I wouldn't be worried about that if Fratesi does come. It is something to keep an eye on. One thing that, um, I've noticed, and I, I, I think in my opinion, at least, and I've seen others say the same thing is Christian Volpato heavily linked with. Sassuolo now um, apparently agreed upon a 9 million euro move for him to Sassuolo. Uh, he's not entirely convinced at this point, but apparently the clubs have an agreement. Wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of sell-on clause or buyback clause with, with a move like that. Roma usually operates like that with some of these youngsters, especially with Sassuolo. We're seeing that with, with the Fratesi 30% clause that's in there that they'll at least get some cash if he is sold. Um I know part of his hesitation right now from what I'm reading is he's not sure if he'll get the playing time there. I don't know if he expects to get the playing time at Roma at this point or if he would be looking for maybe a loan move or something else elsewhere. But to me, if this move happens, I think it's a little bit of, you know, what do they say, greasing the wheels a little bit like for a move for (laughs) Fratez. Because we've seen Roma deal plenty with Sassuolo with some of the younger players. Pellegrini had that two-year loan spell there. Fratez is there, obviously. They've they've sent others that didn't return because they – we're really up to, to Roma standards by the time they were done there. But to me, this feels like, you know, you like Volpata, we'll sell him to you for nine. Just remember that when we deal with Fratesi, you know, instead of you giving us the nine, you just take that off the price along with our 30% sell-on fee. And maybe then we only pay 12 million cash in, in the end, like when it all evens out. So uh, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I, you know, I think it'd be fair to wonder why you wouldn't just include him as a make weight in the, in the, future for Tezzy deal, but I would imagine with the FFP concerns, you need the cash for Volpato now and that'll just That's be what offset. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think you know, reading the tea leaves, it, it certainly points towards Roma having a better shot at Fratezzi than you would expect, given the the clubs are competing with um for his talents. But uh yeah it's and you know for Volpato I think um, as you said, it, it's a proven training ground for Roma youth products. And I think for a player wanting to take 
the next step. I know he's still very young, but and you might not necessarily get the playing time that you expect, but it has it has to be more than what you what you got last season with Roma. And if Roma are continuing to fill off the roster, you would expect you know that that playing time might become even more scarce. So you know you would have to fight for your place at Sassuolo, but that's that's you know how you develop how you. Um, take your game to the next level. So I think it would be a great move for him. But I do I, I do understand the hesitation with playing time because, you know, for players, that's you just want to play. Yeah, I, I agree. I think if he, if he thinks he's going to get more playing time at Roma, that, that's not going to happen. I know there is a lot of people who are worried that he, you know, he's a big talent, we might sell him. But to me, at this point, if you can get a Fratesi at 24 years old, who's an established talent now, who is still growing, I think – if this, if this helps make that deal happen, I think you have to move Volpato. I, I know it always hurts to sell the young players, and we're seeing it now. Like We're trying so hard to get Fratezzi back, but there's no guarantee Volpato's going to pan out and be like the superstar attacker. And and I think if you're you're with Mourinho now, you have to try to get him players that can help him now to push for top four better and and try to win that Europa League next year. To, to me, I think you have to move Volpato. I mean, I, I know we'll keep an eye on him, and maybe at one point we'll be like, oh, we should never moved him. But to, I don't know if you agree or not, but it's like when play, when teams trade for draft picks in, in these American sports leagues, right? Like, I'll deal my first-round pick for that established 24-year-old player that's still got a lot of upside every time. Maybe not for the 35-year-old veteran, but for the, the mid-20s guy who's showing that he can do it and is going to get better, I think it's a move you make every time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 100% with you. I think, uh, as you said, you have Mourinho, you have to, you have to maximize the opportunity that having him gives you. Um, and if having Mourinho under contract for a three year period, you know, you think you'd have at least one shot at the Scudetto in that time. Um, and so if that's what they're ramping up for, you know, Volpato would be a necessary casualty there. And then it's been rumored that Mourinho maybe extending his contract. And so again, that just, you know, widens that window, but you have to take advantage um, while you have them because there's no guarantee that the next coach uh, that comes in for Roma will be able to have Roma challenging um, for, for some of the prizes that they have been the last couple of years. So. I, yeah. And I yeah. think, too, you said, like, with the Scudetto, right? We're not saying Roma's at, by any means, just with these, these additions. We don't know how the rest of Mercato is going to play out. A Scudetto contender, like, people started jumping on last summer. But when you look at the league and you see Napoli's losing Spalletti, may lose Kim, right? They're, an offer might come in for him or Osiman. Um, you don't know who they're managing. I saw Paolo Sosa link today. Like, these aren't managers that you think of when you associate with titles, right? Or even, like, higher clubs in the table, and you're looking at it and you're like, well, if they don't get a top manager to replace Spalletti, um, Milan's got a lot of things to figure out. Juve's got the financial things to deal with and they're probably going to have to tear, tear down that squad a little bit and rebuild a little bit. Like to me, Inter, I was having a conversation with my buddy Nick, like they're probably poised right now as if you're on paper looking at the way they're built, maybe the favorites for the Scudetto next year, but there's no clear cut favorite I'm, and, and this is no disrespect to Napoli I just think losing Spalletti is going to change a lot there and I wouldn't be surprised if a big offer comes in for like an Osiman from some Premier League club or something that they have to jump on 
And it, it could change the whole race a lot. And we saw Napoli kind of came out of nowhere this year. They were a club that a lot of people were down on after Insigne left and these guys left. And Roma is being decisive in the Mercato right now. And even with so much time left in it, I, I think the decisiveness could be key in the end. And I'm not going to say it's going to get them the Scudetto, but I think it gives them a leg up on some competition, at least for top four. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even with Inter, um, you know, Lukaku's going back to Chelsea. Does Pochettino want to keep him? Uh, so does he even find his way back at Inter next season. Uh, Lautaro has been linked to Madrid and, you know, he will always be linked to the Prem. So is a big money offer going to come for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he wasn't really playing much at the end, but uh, I think he might've been injured, but uh, screen yard leaving as well. That's a massive talent that's leaving. Um, so Inter are going to look a little different. Uh, and then, you know, Jekko and Mkhitaryan are going to be another year older. So while on paper you would think they're best equipped to, uh, you know, take over for Napoli next season as the main Scudetto contender, they're going to potentially look incredibly different themselves. So as you said, getting this business done early is huge. Um, getting these players in in time for the start of camp. Um, and preseason training also big. So I think if 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 um, Pinto can get a couple more free agent signings in, obviously they have to make sense with, with what they want to do. But if he can squeeze a couple more of those in, and then once the June 30th deadline passes and Roma are able to, to spend again, um, bring in that big money signing for Tezzi, um, most likely so and then yeah Roma will be in a far better place uh you know compared to this season and potentially compared to their competitors yeah because so many summers even last summer with Belotti like he didn't come in and, and I know this is no excuse for him to not score a goal all season but he came in so late with the team I think a full summer with the team is gonna be huge for him and like players like Indica and Awar and if Skamaka comes in in the, in the next few weeks if, if it does happen like having them there for all the preseason training, for all of the the work with Mourinho and the tactics and everything else is going to make Roma so much better. And and I feel like so many seasons in the past, we had to wait to the last minute for that signing. And then the guy takes a while to get integrated or there's a last minute sale. Like we think of Strutman, he was sold so late in the Mercato and it, it kind of changes the whole dynamic of the team. And I think Pinto getting to work early is, is only going to be beneficial in the end too, just from that regard, no matter what our, our competition does. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, I think we'll leave it there, Brandon. I don't know if you have anything else to, to drop in about the Mercanto. Obviously, people can follow us on the site. We'll be back next week, probably with more news, hopefully maybe with another signing. I mean, uh, I didn't expect to be able to do our first summer episode with uh, two, two signings already. No, no. Thank you, uh, Transfer Gods and Pinto, for giving us something to talk about <laughs> rather than recapping uh, a season that ended in such heartbreak with the Europa League. Yeah, for sure. So stick with the site. We will, you know, we always got the, the the transfer rumor updates going up. Any official signings go up over there. And uh, we'll be back next week with hopefully some more big transfer news to talk about or at least some fun rumors to discuss. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.